Welcome to the City of Refuge podcast, where our mission is to equip a diverse community of Christ followers to make him known. I'll go ahead and ask Robert to come on up. He's going to be sharing the word with us. I know what you guys are thinking. Who let this sinner share the sermon this morning? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm Stephen. I'm one of the deacons here at City of Refuge. Um, just as I was preparing this time, I was thinking about what's the purpose of the sermon, right? And uh, there were a lot of things that came to mind when I was praying about that, but really one of the key things is uh, how much the sermon team really prays for this congregation and what uh, they want the Lord to speak to you, right? This isn't a podcast that you can go and grab off the internet that's broadcast to the whole country or the whole world, right? This is prayed about specifically for you. And so in this season, right, we're in a month of Sabbath. And so that was really what was coming to my mind as I was praying for us. And also that this season is about to close, right? This month is, is ending. Um, and so I ask that you would consider what you have learned from, from this time. Um, yeah, I want us to be formed spiritually and especially for us to be able to put this scripture into practice. And so we're going to be going over Psalm 107 today. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from trouble, and gathering and gathering from the land, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Some wander in desert waste, finding no way to the city to dwell in, hungry and thirsty. Their souls fainted with them. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way till they reached the city to dwell in. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wonders work to the children of man, for his sacrifices, for he sacrifices the longing soul. And the hungry and the hungry soul he fills with good things. Some sat in darkness and in the sor- and in the shadow of death, prisoners in affliction and in irons. For they had rebelled against the words of God and sprung the counsel of the Most High. So he bowed their he bowed their hearts down with hard labor. They fell down with no one to help. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble. He delivered them from the distress. He brought he brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and burst their bonds apart. And let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of men. For he shadows the doors of bronze and cuts into, bar- cuts into the bars of iron. Some were fools through their sinful way, and because of their inequities, self-affliction. They're loathe. They loathe any kind of food, and they drew near the gates of death. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them through their, he, he delivered them from their distress. He sent out his words and healed them, and delivered them from destruction. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of men, and let them offer sacrifices of, thank, of thanksgiving, and tell them his deeds and, strong, and songs of joy. Some went down in the seas, some went down to the sea in ships doing business on great waters. They, they saw the deed of the Lord, his wondrous works in the deep. 
for he commanded and rise the stormy wind, which lifted up the seas, which lifted up the waves of the sea. They mounted up to the heaven. They went down to the depths. Their courage melted away in their evil plight. They, they reeled and staggered like drunken men that were at their wit's end. Then they cried to the Lord in, in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He made the storms be still, and the waves of the sea were hushed. Then they were glad. He, then they were glad that the waters were quiet, and he brought them to their the desired haven. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wonders were to the children of man. Let them extol him in the courageous the congregation of the people, and praise him in the symbol of elders. He turned rivers into deserts, spring waters into thirst grounds, a fruitful land into a salt waste because of the evil of its inhabitants. He turned a desert into a pool of water, a parched land into spring water, and there, and there he lets the hungry dwell. And they established a city to live in. They sow fields and plants vineyards and get they sow fields and plant vineyards and get and get a fruitful yield. By his blessing they multiply greatly. And he does not let their livestock diminish. When they are diminished and brought and brought low through oppression, evil and sorrow, he pours contempt and prince and makes them wander in trackless ways. But he raises up the needy out of affliction and makes their family flock. I mean, make their families like flock. The upright see, the upright see it and are glad, and all wickedness shuts his mouth. Whoever is wise, let them attend to these things. Let them consider the steadfast love, the steadfast love of the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for you are good, and your love endures forever. Amen. Back in my teens. I was involved in church, and I was even baptized. But after my first year in college, I started to have doubts. And um, within a couple of hours of that starting, I realized I didn't actually have any faith. I didn't believe that God could exist. And this terrified me. And I started reaching out for any God from not just the Christian God, but any God, any of the world religions. Um, and nothing, like, nothing made sense to me. Nothing would work. And so this was just so painful and hard that I buried myself in schoolwork. And I, um, yeah, so that I didn't have to think about it. And that worked, right? I didn't have to think about it. Then um, the next year, actually, my busyness was disrupted by this huge storm that came and shut down everything that was happening on campus. And that gave time for me to ponder and to pray and ask and tell God, God, I don't believe in you, but if you are the God of the Bible, then you can do what I couldn't do, and you can give me faith. I cried out to the Lord, and he gave me faith. Amen. He redeemed me. Let the, let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. How he has redeemed them from the hand of the enemy. 
We do have an enemy. He's not of flesh and blood. The, one, the enemy once had me in his hand, and he once had you in his hand. Maybe he still does. I don't know where you're at with the Lord. Um, but the good news is that Jesus answers the cries um, for help. I know this because I watched him redeem me. This psalm is all about that. This psalm is about God's redemption. Again and again in every situation when we repeatedly fall back um, into sin, disobedience, and sleep. But every time, there's this one common thing, right? When we cry out to the Lord, he answers. And we see in verse 3 that our redemption is part of this greater story, right? From Genesis to Revelation of God bringing people from all the corners of the earth to follow him. We get to be part of this historical narrative that spans all of creation. How exciting is it that our story gets to be part of this bigger story? And so here in the psalm, there's five situations. And the first four of them have a very similar framework, right? Some people find themselves in a horrible situation, and then they reach out to God. Um, once they have reached their wit's end, they reach out to God, and they cry out, and he rescues them. And then there's this same course, again, in verses 6, 13, 19, 28. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. And then, two verses later, let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, um, for his wondrous works to the children of man. And then he gives God glory for what he's done. I think that this is a particularly applicable lesson for the Sabbath season that we're in, and I hope that you internalize this lesson. Right? We may be at our wit's end, but we can trust the Lord this is what the Sabbath is all about, trusting him in the midst of not having the solution, not having it together. We can trust the Lord. The world may be falling apart around us. We can trust the Lord. We can be quiet and trust the Lord. So the first situation goes like this. Some wandered in desert wastes, finding no way to a city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted within them. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way till they reached a city to dwell in. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. For he satisfies the longing soul, and the hungry soul he fills with good things. How does the first part of that make you feel, right? And I just one word responses. Some wandered in desert wastes, finding no way to a city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted within them. What's one word that comes to mind? Worn out, discouraged. Lost. Yeah, exactly. All of those. They are seeking a home, and they are lost. And then in verse 9, it says that, the Lord satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with good things. It's both a physical need and a spiritual need. 
and this was my story that I just shared with y'all. I was seeking to understand the truth, but I was lost. I despaired. I didn't know what the point of life was. I was on course for eternal destruction. But then I cried out to the Lord, and he redeemed me. So I have three questions for you. I know this is church, but lost people also come to church. You may do religious things um, in order to help you arrive at faith, but in this psalm we see there's only one requirement to arriving at faith. Um, and it isn't being here on Sunday, it isn't doing good things, it isn't reading God's word, it isn't even praying to him. It is by crying out to Jesus, telling him that you are lost and that you can't get yourself to God's eternal city. But you know that he has compassion on the lost and he loves them. And because of that, he has paid the full price to bring you into that city. There's nothing else that you need to do besides that. And then you can receive all the benefits of being a citizen of that city, right? We can have a full life-giving right relationship with him. We can have freedom from shame and guilt. And he even comes and lives in you, right? If you want this, and then please come talk with me, talk with John, uh, or any of the leaders of the church after this service. And if any of this, anything that I've said is surprising to you, or doesn't fit with your understanding, please come talk with me so we can clarify it. My second point is this, that if you find yourself in real physical need, then cry out to the Lord, and then acknowledge him when he redeems you, when he saves you from it. Also, when you're in that physical need, tell his body, the church. And then my third question, my third comment is this. This city, our nation, and the world are full of lost people. And it's full of people that are in dire straits. Are you sharing this, your story with them? Do you care about them in their distress? Right? Our Lord obviously does because they just cry out to him and he answers. Do we have his same heart? Let's align our heart with God's heart and answer them when they're crying out silently. And I want to ask you, if you're not, then what's your next step to do that? The second section goes like this. Some sat in darkness and in the shadow of death, prisoners in affliction and in irons, for they had rebelled against the words of God and spurned the counsel of the Most High. So he bowed their hearts down with hard labor. They fell down with no one to help. What's one word that comes to mind when you hear that? Some sat in darkness and in the shadow of death, prisoners in affliction and in irons, for they have rebelled against the word of the Lord and spurned the counsel of the Most High. So he bowed their hearts down with hard labor. They fell down with none to help them. Trapped? Alone? Yeah, suffering. Really. They, they are finding themselves in prison 
because, and with their backs up against the wall, they have no place to go because of their own sin. Has your sin ever gotten you in trouble, real trouble, like with the law, with your spouse, at work, right? Maybe you're in that situation right now. But there is good work. There is good news. And that is that, yes, you may have gotten yourself into that mess, but you can cry out to Jesus, and he will redeem you. I know that that's been my story again and again. Um, right? It would be really simple, right, for me to just say, guys, don't sin. Commit your way to the Lord. Do good. But you're going to fail. I fail. <laughs> like, that's been my story again and again. But cry out to the Lord. Throw yourself to him. Throw your guilt. Throw your shame. Throw your trust. Throw your life to him. I think that there's also another takeaway that we can get from this uh, section of the psalm. Uh, what does the second verse of this passage say? It says, let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. And also, in Matthew 25, Jesus says that we ought to be visiting those who are in prison. I think these things are on a collision course, right? Have you ever visited those who are in prison? Have you told somebody who is in that dire strait, who has their back up against the wall, maybe they're there and you don't even know it, have you told them your story about how the Lord redeemed you? Right? It was good news for you. Let's also give that good news to them. The, search, the third situation is kind of similar. Um, some were fools through their sinful ways, and because of their iniquities, they suffered affliction. They loathed any kind of food, and they drew near the gates of death. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He sent out his word and healed them, and he delivered them from their destruction. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works for the children of man. And let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and tell of his deeds in songs of joy. What are some words that come to mind with that, either from the beginning or from the salvation? Redemption. Hope. Yeah. Yeah, these people were sick because of their own sin. I have a story where this happened to me. I lived in Ethiopia for a year, 2013 to 14, um, and I was in sin. I was consumed with doing my work my way. I wanted to make my imprint on the university where I was teaching biomedical engineering. I was absolutely consumed with anger, and grudges against my, uh, the other foreign coworkers that were in my department. And as one would expect, I was falling short in just about every regard. And because of my sin, 
I started to believe lies about who I was and about my salvation. And I became borderline depressed. But I called out to the Lord. Pretty much the only thing I could get out in my prayers was, Lord, help me. But he did. He provided me with sufficient Christian community to get me through. And after I came back, he gave me loving community here at City of Refuge that nourished my soul back to health. Again, the Lord redeems us if we cry out. If you're in your sin, cry out to the Lord. I think this section also has a second application. Also in Matthew 25, who else does uh, Jesus tell us that we should be visiting besides those who are in prison? The sick. Thank you. So let's remind ourselves of our story and tell the sick of God's love and his power to redeem them in their distress. The fourth situation goes like this. Some went down to the sea in ships, doing business on the great waters. They saw the deeds of the Lord and his wondrous works in the deep. For he commanded and raised a stormy wind, which lifted up the waves of the sea. They mounted up to heaven. They went down to the depths. Their courage melted away in their evil plight. They reeled and staggered like drunken men and were at their wit's end. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He made the storm be still, and the waves of the sea were hushed. Then they were glad that the waters were quiet, and he brought them to their desired haven. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. Let them extol him in the congregation of the people, and praise him in the assembly of the elders. How does the first section make you feel? Again, one-word responses. Some went down to the sea in ships, doing business on great, the great waters. They saw the deeds of the Lord, his wondrous works in the deep. He commanded and raised the stormy wind, which lifted up the waves of the sea. They mounted up to heaven. They went down to the depths. Their courage melted away in their evil plight. They reeled and staggered like drunken men and were at their wits' end. Scared? Helpless? Chaos. Chaos. Yeah. They were just doing their work. They're focusing on their work when God uncomfortably interrupted it. And he drew their attention back to him. And he reminded them that he's in control of everything. And they can trust him, and they can commit themselves to him. How many of us get caught up in our work and put that over the things of the Lord? I for sure do. We are called to do good work. We are called to do good work. But we're not called to allow our work consume us, right? 
when right now I uh, do independent consulting and so I work an hourly rate uh, or an hourly wage and I get to choose my own hours. Sometimes after I've already done good work, I'm tempted to think, oh, if I just put in another hour or two, I'll get paid that much more. And I'll do that at the sacrifice of other things the Lord's calling me to. And I need to say no to that temptation in order to do those, those things of the Lord. In order to care for the poor and the marginalized. In order to um, make him known. So, for you, are there ways that you are allowing work to consume you? Are there times when your work gets in the way of the things that God is calling you to? Or have you not even had time to ask the Lord, what are you calling me to in earnest? Throw yourself to Jesus, and he will redeem you and rescue you. We're going to fall short. We're not going to do this no matter how hard we try. Cry out to the Lord, and he will rescue you. The fifth section is a little bit different from the others. It doesn't follow the same pattern, um, and it doesn't have those choruses that were in the other ones, the other uh, situations. Instead, what it outlines is God bringing desolation on evil people, and instead, him supplying all of the needs of the poor and the oppressed. And then they multiply, and time goes by, and then they find that oppression and sorrow have come back, and it's assumed by the wealthy in the land, the princes, the rulers, and then God brings judgment on the rulers, and people rejoice because justice is done. Let's look at it in kind of two sections, verses 33 to 38, and then 39 to 42. In that first section, 33 to 38, all I really want to say here is that, um, you know, praise God. Praise God that he cares for the poor and the marginalized, right? That's good news. And also praise God that he judges um, the wicked, right? We don't have to worry about the person that's doing evil on us. God will judge them. And so let's realign ourselves with his heart for the poor and the marginalized. In verses 39 to 42, we see that there's this sudden shift, right? These people that God has brought blessing on, suddenly oppression and sorrow come back. What happened there? I can relate a little bit to just seeing evil and sorrow and oppression uh, happening. Uh, for four and a half years, I lived about a mile down the street near the intersection of Yellowstone and Scott Street. I was seeking the welfare of the OST South Union neighborhood and also of Cullen Middle School. And the Lord did some really good works during that time. He was reversing some oppression and evil. But at the same time, there were some times when the evil done in the neighborhood 
really felt overwhelming. And some things that came, come to mind are when the gang violence would start back up or when I would hear statistics about the schools and there's just a laundry list of, of other ways. Right? Wicked men have their way again. And unfortunately, the story of, of this section is also the story of the church. Right? Um, many have said that in the West, Satan is singing a lullaby and the church is falling asleep in her comfort. Instead, let's wake up, let's commit our way to the Lord, and let's see how he shines his righteousness into dark places. So, what do we see in the psalm? Three main points. The first one, in every situation, whether we find trouble because we're following him or we get it in ourselves because of our own sin or because society is falling apart around us and we've fallen asleep, right? We can always, always, always trust Jesus to save you, right? In week five of our Sabbath, Aaron has laid out how we live in a broken world, but even in that, we can trust Jesus to save us and to bring about restoration. It doesn't make sense. There isn't any reason why when we're falling short, Jesus will provide for us, Jesus will make up for it, but he does because he loves us. Let's turn to him. Also, second point, because of this great news, let's tell others is anyone that you know in dire straits, spiritually, physically, otherwise, right? Let's tell them our story, right? You don't have to have your gospel presentation all figured out. Just tell them how the Lord redeemed you. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. And third point, Jesus loves you. He has redeemed you. And so throw yourself to him. When you find yourself in trouble, when you find yourself in trouble, whether it's self-inflicted or not, throw your sin to him, throw your shame to him, throw your trust to him, throw your life to him. Give yourself to his purposes. Wake up from our sleep. Wake up from our rebellion to sin. Wake up from our self-reliance and our obsession with work. Confess and throw yourself to Jesus. In these last few minutes, let's consider how the steadfast love, let's consider the steadfast love of the Lord. As a season of Sabbath reminds us, he, he desires to restore us into right relationship with him. He desires to remind us of how he has redeemed us. And he wants us to resist the lies and false identities that we're being told. Yeah, Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for redeeming us. Thank you for saving us again and again. 
we are incapable of following you sufficiently. Um, thank you that you provide the way for us. Our God, we cast ourselves to you. We trust you. Amen.